All right. Good morning. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here. If we haven't had a chance to meet, um, I'm Andy. Happy New Year to you. Welcome to 2024. Worship team, thank you. Uh, that was a, a powerful time of worship. Love that. I'm not sure when I was supposed to actually jump. Um, Gerald, that was awesome. But I'm jumping with you into 2024 by faith, right? In the spirit. I don't know when we were, we were supposed to have it, but I was there with you. Right. Bringing a little fire and heat this morning. I love that. I love starting the year with some expectation and with some faith. Amen. Amen. Happy New Year um, to you. Here's what I've been praying, praying over the break. Some of our team had a little time off um, over Christmas. And I'm praying that this would be a year marked by joy in our church. And I know that you might be expecting like something more visionary than that. But I want you to hear this. What, what I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying in this moment is, is literally that, that our church is going to be marked by joy in 2024. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Literally, God's joy in your heart makes you stronger. And so some of you have been going through it. Some of you have gone through some tough times, great times, best times, all the times, right? But it's the joy of the Lord that makes you strong. And I believe this is going to be a year marked by joy in this church. One of the other things, uh, kind of my word of the year, is this word distinct. I believe that God is making our church and his bride more distinct in this coming time. And what I mean by that is that there, there's a setting apart. You're going to get into it. We're going to get into it in the series that we're opening today. But a, but a call of God to be unique and to be a bit different and to be set apart, to be distinct. And part of that distinction, part of that difference is literally joy in your daily life. Some of that distinction is the way that this community loves one another. Some of that distinction is how we worship God with everything we've got. Some of that distinction is how we live for Him. And so this year, distinct, a calling up and a calling out, and also joy. I'm ready for a great year. Amen? With me? What I did not know, uh, heading into 2024, one of the things that, that kind of our culture has embraced is uh, the first week of January for many is a conference week. There are conferences happening all over the United States right now. This church is a part of a ministry called Every Nation, and we have a campus conference that literally just wrapped, I think yesterday, uh, in Orlando, Florida, with 2,500 college students from our region. It's a powerful time of worship. And all of our high school and middle school students and all the parents and chaperones in our church are also gone this week. They're in Gatlinburg, um, and they are literally rapping. I just got a text. They're finishing, getting on the road right now, right? And they had an incredible time with 5,000 high school and middle schoolers worshiping Jesus together in Gatlinburg, Florida. You cannot, yes. You can't just reproduce that. That's not something, that experience isn't the kind of experience you're going to get right here. It's different. It's eye-opening. It's stunning. It's shocking. It's powerful. It's an amazing thing. 
We love a good experience, do, do we not? I do. Right? And let's, let's bring this into the realm of kind of normative range for us this morning. Right? We're not a church of 5,000. Some of you are, have been parts of churches that are mega churches. I was on staff at a mega church. We're far from that here in Kennesaw, Georgia. Right? But we still love the experience. I love, you know, the, the top 10 list on Facebook that pops up. That's like top 10 best places to eat tacos in all of Atlanta. And I'm like, I got to hit all these places. I got to do this. I got to experience this. Right? Top five places for best coffee. Yes, I'm in. Some of you spent the holidays with friends or family, and I'm willing to wager that you might, as a North American, you might have had a conversation about your favorite TV shows that you're currently watching, right, or your favorite movies. It almost inevitably comes up at some point in time with friends and family. What are you watching? Like, what's going on? What are, what are you into right now? What's the best movie you've seen right now? And we talk about it because we, it's, it's, in our, it's in our DNA, right? It's our language. We like to talk about things that have made an impression on us. The experience. We're all about it. I know I am. And I can be a loud personality. That's fair. But whether you're shy, whether you're an introvert, whether you're an extrovert, Experiences matter. And this week we are beginning um, something with our Every Nation Church family around the world. It's a week of prayer, a week of devotion and fasting. And all of our churches are preaching roughly different sermons, but the same passages. And so we're, we're unified during uh, the, the Sundays in January. And, and this coming week, starting tonight and really tomorrow, we're beginning a, a very special, devoted time of prayer and, and fasting, all because we are wanting to encounter and experience God in new and fresh ways. We serve an amazing God. And I believe this message today is, is really laying the groundwork for us to experience God in 2024. I want more of Him. I want to see Him do more. I want to experience Him more in my own heart. I don't want to stay the same. And I think you're here today largely because you don't want to stay the same either. You want God to do something. So turn to Psalm 96 today in your Bibles. If you have one, if you actually brought one with you, turn to Psalm 96. You can follow along on the screens behind me as well. As we jump in to the scripture that is kind of paving the way for us today. We ready? Let's do this. Psalm 96, 1 through 9. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day after day. Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared and, excuse me, He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord, He made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. 
Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. As an 80s kid, I grew up watching Sesame Street. Loved some Sesame Street. Big Bird, Oscar the Grouch, Snuffleupagus. My dog reminds me of Snuffleupagus, right? I call her that all the time. Come here, Snuff. You know, Snuffleupagus. And she's just kind of big, bushy, and, you know, flops all over the place, just like Snuffleupagus did. I love some Sesame Street growing up. Well, the very first episode of Sesame Street which then carried through the, the, the show itself, there was a song introduced. You may or may not remember the song, but it was one of these things is not like the other. That's right. And I think the very first episode had like four balloons and three were blue and one was red. You know, and the person came on and was like, which one is not like the other? Right. And as a kid, you're like the red one, you know, and you're shouting at the TV, you're into it. Right? I was all about some Sesame Street. David is writing Psalm 96. And he is letting us know that the God of Israel, the God that we come together and worship on Sundays, even if you are new to faith, maybe, maybe your new year resolution was to just start coming to church or, or to kind of you know, begin asking and probing with some of these questions. and Maybe you haven't figured this out yet. That's okay. We are, we, you are so welcome here to do that very thing. Also understand that as a church, we believe in the God of the Bible and the God of Israel that we see in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, and the writer David is letting us know that this God that we come together and serve and worship, he is not like the other. In fact, there's nothing like him. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Well, why? Right? Well, the, the, the scriptures say that he is right here in just this one psalm. That he's glorious. That he's marvelous. That he is great. That he is worthy. That he is splendid. He is majestic. David writes that when you walk into his sanctuary, two things define it. Strength and glory. When you come into his presence, you bring an offering because this God is worthy. What kind of offering do we bring? The only offering that's truly worthy of this God, and that's our very lives. In fact, everything. You're worthy of it all, Lord. I give you my very life. We worship him in the splendor of his Holiness. Now, as somebody, as a true Westerner, you know what I like to get to, especially in the sermon? I like to get to action steps. I like to get to practicality. I want to know how I can, you know, be pragmatic with this and do this and insert this. And, you know, it's kind of, I have to be careful. But even kind of the self-help books and self-help culture, right? I, I, I like some of that stuff. Motivational, you know, encouragement, speaking, and, you know, all those things. I'm, I like it. it. Gets me a little fired up. 
But before we get to the doing and before we get to applying the scriptures and truly getting to it, we've got to lay the foundation of who this God actually is. Before we get to the doing, you've got to get to the defining. And this God is, in fact, holy. And many times in our very casual Western culture, we lose sight of the holiness of God. There is no one or and no thing like this God. There's nothing like him. Now, I realize, even with my kids, my, my kids are, none of them are here right now. Well, let me rephrase that. None of them are right here right now. Two of them are in HP Kids and two of them are at our conference in Gatlinburg. And pretty much all of them are terrible eaters, right? They just, it's just, it's the battle of my house. You can pray for me in 2024. But it'll be, I'll be like, hey, you need to try this. Well, and they'll be like, well, what does it taste like? What do you mean, what does it taste like? How do you describe something to someone who's never tasted it? It's like, how, how, tell me, am I going to like it? I don't know if you're going to like it. Just try it. You know, and it's, literally like nervous sweat is breaking out and just trying a new food. Am I going to like this? I don't really know. I think you will. I think you're going to love it. But I can't really describe to you the taste of pasta or the taste of marinara sauce. Like I can't really give you, it's tomatoey. Well, what's tomatoey? Just try it. For the love of everything holy in this world, open your mouth and put that fork in there. I'm losing my mind, right? I can't describe it. You have to just take a step of faith, right? And experience this new food. My words, in other words, in other words, they don't do it justice. Describing something that's almost... So beyond anything you've experienced before, how do you put that to words? It's very difficult to do. And so even when we speak of God's holiness, I'm going to give you a definition that you're going to understand, but what you're still going to have to do is by faith experience it for yourself. I can't give it to you. I can't ultimately preach it to you. I cannot hand it to you. I can't make you get it. Only God can open your eyes and only you can humble yourself and say, God, I want to encounter you like this. I believe that you're real. Come into my heart. Change me. Make me new. I want to experience you. I can only go so far. For you. The Bible says, or, or the scriptures say, really just the definition of holy means to be set apart, meaning that it's different. It's not like the rest. One of these things is not like the other, and that is God's very presence. It's holy. So much so that David writes here about his marvelousness, his splendor, the grandioseness of God. But he also says that this God is to be feared, right? Over the Christmas break, we had, um, we, we always have like a special dinner, you know, with one of the sides of the family. And we, we have a dinner where everybody's at the table and we had these, these cards that we were drawing that, that made you have conversations. They're like conversation starters, Right, and there were some funny ones, serious ones. 
we kind of did this on both sides of the family, but one of the cards was, was, was talking about times you had gotten in trouble. And all the kids are there too, right? And so everybody is talking about a moment they've had with dad, right? Either it was like grandpa or great-grandpa. Hey, you remember this one time? You know, and, and of course, everyone magnifies, you know, the, the amount. Well, this one time, you know, I was just, I got switched and, you know, the grandpa made me go grab a branch off the tree and he whipped me. No, he didn't. He didn't do that. Some of you, maybe that was the case. That wasn't the, I've never done that before. My kids were embellishing and exaggerating so much at the table. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that has never happened in our house ever. However, there was an undeniable thread of, of dad's love for kids, but also that everyone had crossed the line at one point in time when dad means business. And right at the, the ooh, right? Like you, you stiffen up real quick, right? You know, it, when I was a kid growing up in church, the, the teen section was on one side of the church and my mom and dad said on the other and I'll be honest with you. I had a friend who would bring a deck of cards to church every Sunday. A little mini deck of cards. And we would play rummy in church. I know. But I got good at it. So we would be wheeling and dealing, right, in the teen section. There was these little mini cards. They weren't full. It wasn't full size. It was a mini. So, we, you know, you know, dealing seven, you know, and looking for pairs and triples and all the things. Well, sometimes my dad would see it. And my father from across the church, which the sanctuary was a lot larger than this, he'd just be leaning over. And I knew I'd crossed the line. And if I crossed it one step further, I was not going to like it. And it was, it was the worst was when I looked over and he was no longer in his seat. And you're like, oh, God, no, mercy, please. Lord, we need your mercy. And, you know, you do the stiffen up, you know, moment where you're sitting in your seat and you'd, right, you'd start looking behind your left and right, and invariably he'd be right behind me, right, sitting in the row, right? And it just was like, oh, you immediately tightened up because there was a healthy, I want you to hear this, a healthy fear of dad, in here that dad dad is to be loved and wrestled with and have an amazing time with but there's also a moment where dad means business and he is also to be feared in the sense of he has authority and I do not want to cross this line dad in this moment is all powerful and I do not want to mess this up yes sir right and you just clean it up there's something about God's presence. He is majestic. He is splendid. He is glorious. He is wondrous. And he is also, has, he has all authority as well. And he is to be respected and feared because there is none like him. We do not approach this God casually. He's not our bro. We don't just chill with him, even though Jesus does, in fact, call us friend. Thank God we are not slaves to him in the sense of uh, uh, where, where, where he does not allow you to, to, to love him and have relationship with him. No, he invites you into that. But understand, he is still the one in charge. He is to be lovingly 
and graciously feared. Amen? I told you I was going to do my best <laughs> to describe this holiness of God. And it's hard to do, I'm going to be honest with you. And my tendency is to want to get into how to start living for him, but I, that's next week. Right now, our eyes just need to be opened. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, anybody ever been? You ever seen that before? Or like you've driven to Colorado and you've actually seen a 15,000 foot mountain, right? Like your, your little old car, you know, and you're, you're kind of doing these numbers as you're driving through and around. It is an amazing thing to behold. And when you get to the Grand Canyon, sometimes the Grand Canyon is actually difficult to even drink in. It's so magnificent and so grandiose. You just stand on the edge and you just, you just stand there and you look and you're, what do you even say? It's breathtaking. It's magnificent. This is similar to the holiness of God where you just, I don't know what to even say in this moment. How do I quantify this experience? It's so difficult to do. It's beyond anything I've ever experienced or seen with my eyes before. God, truly, there is none like you. You are holy. Or maybe it's like Felix Baumgartner. If you know who that is, he, he's the gentleman who has the world record for the highest skydive. Literally from outer space. He's got an astronaut uniform on. And you see him? I kid you not. I watched it afresh today, this morning, to get myself ready for today. He's literally tethered to his space shuttle craft and you hear him on comms with people on earth and you're looking over the edge and you see planet earth and it is both awe-inspiring and you feel like you're there with him, right? You can hear the nerves. His goal was to break the sound barrier as the first human being to do it, not in an actual craft or a ship of any kind, but just his body plummeting to the earth, breaking the sound barrier, and he jumps at 125,000 feet. And he gets to the edge, and he just goes over. And it steals your breath away, even as somebody who's just watching through a screen. You see the magn the, the just how big the earth is. Also how vast space is. And just, I, I think to myself, if he got untethered and didn't jump right and just started floating away, like th this is my greatest nightmare, right? To just float away. You're just going to starve to death in your space uniform as you float away into the galaxy. This is the stuff of nightmares, right? But... Yeah, you're, you're, it's also awe-inspiring. You just sit there. I'm going to post it on my social for you to be able to watch later today. I'm telling you, it is truly amazing. Is God's holiness a bit like that? It's a little bit like that. How do you truly take it in? He is not like us, yet he loves us and calls us into relationship with him. Praise God. 
I'm glad that he's not like us because if he was, he wouldn't actually be God. I want somebody bigger than me. I want somebody that I can encounter an experience that's bigger than my current experience is. I want something that is outside my situation so that he can control and show up and move in my situation. I need that. I need him to be holy. And thankfully, he is. Nothing and no one compares to God. What do we actually do with that, though? I know this starts to get into the practical application, but this is just a, we're priming the pump for the weeks to come. Because Paul, uh, Paul David writes here in Psalm 96 something that, that many times we wrestle with a little bit. And it's the very first few verses of Psalm 96. We have all of these descriptions of God and his presence and how amazing he is. And yet David writes what we're supposed to begin doing when we recognize this. And it's the opening line of the verse. And what is it? Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Sing to him. In other words, when you, when you have an encounter with God and you begin to experience him, the natural and normative response is to begin to sing that something would come out of you a song a new song a new praise oh it may not sound good it may you may not have a great voice that's not what David's writing about here he's not saying hey get your tune together right get the chords right no, 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 no. He's saying, hey, when, when this God, when your eyes are open to him, let your mouth be open and sing out to him. Sing when you don't feel like it. Sing when you're having a hard time. Sing when you're having a great time. Sing not because of your situation or your circumstances being good or great, but because you know how good and worthy this God is. That is why we sing, because he's all of these things. Psalm 96 was written as the Ark of the Covenant is being brought back into Jerusalem for the first time. The Ark of the Covenant, there are, if you've ever seen Indiana, I know many of you haven't. It's an old movie now. But Indiana Jones, the first one, right? They're searching for the Ark of the Covenant and they find it. Right, and the holiness of God breaks out and literally wipes out all these people. It's a great movie. <laughs> right, but it's the, God's presence in the Old Testament dwelt in the tabernacle, in the temple, and literally they would have the Ark of the Covenant they would carry on poles. Right, and inside the Ark of the Covenant was were the Ten Commandments and Aaron's staff and these different things that marked God's presence. But it was a powerful thing. And wherever this so called box went, God's blessing went. And if enemies took the Ark of the Covenant and tried to set it up in their house, right, God's curses would break out upon them, right, because they weren't responding to His presence in faith. 
But his blessing marked everywhere. And, and literally in one moment, this isn't going to feel like blessing, but it tells you the holiness of God. People, the, 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 somebody stumbled with these poles carrying the, the ark and the ark was kind of tipping and somebody, his name was Uzzah, he steps out and he touches the ark and he's killed instantly. This perfect and holy God and his unrivaled presence. Guess what? One of these things is not like the other. Well, what is he not like in this moment? A sinful, unregenerated human. And when literally that person steps out and tries to touch the presence of God, zap! That's how holy and different God is. Amazing. And what that does in that moment is it, it doesn't make us somehow... It, we can wrestle with the theology of this moment. Where's God's mercy and where's God's grace? And what we're supposed to see in that account is the very different nature of God and why we need someone to come on our behalf and change our very nature and change us and make us new that you and I can, in fact, come into God's presence. And this is one of the reasons why, come the New Testament, that we do sing a new song. This is one of the reasons that we lift a praise. This is one of the reasons that we sing hallelujah. This is one of the reasons we come every single Sunday because we have a Savior who has in fact changed us and made us new and stepped into this gap between us and God the Father. He's done that for us that we might actually come into His presence and there's nothing separating us anymore. And so we sing. We sing. We sing when we don't feel like it. We sing when we've got tears brimming under our eyes and we're trying to hold it together. We sing through our pain. We sing when things are going well. We sing when we celebrate. We sing. The other thing not mentioned in Psalm 96, that many times that we do, and by many times, I don't mean that we we are doing it regularly. But one of the things when we recognize the power of God and the holiness of God is that you create some moments in your life to try to encounter God in that way where we renew our trust in Him and we renew our faith in Him. And one of the things that's great about a new year is that it reminds us, it's the start of something new. It reminds us of God's faithfulness and His goodness, that you've made it to another year. And so one of the things that we do in our church and in our ministry is we have a week of prayer and fasting. This God is not like the others. He is not like the rest. He is all-powerful. He is all gracious. He is all good. And I want to encounter him to the fullest measure that I can. And when we fast 
and pray and have a week of devoted devotion to him, we are inviting him into our lives in very unique ways. You're literally denying yourself. A fast is deny, deny yourself food because you're basically saying to God, you are the thing that truly satisfies me. You are the thing that meets me more than even food. You are the bread of my heart and my life and my soul. You're what satisfies, Lord. And so we fast and we pray and we do it for a week, five days. We set things apart and we have a special time of devotion and pursuing of God Almighty. So here's what I want to invite us to do today. In the coming weeks and in the coming days, I want to invite you to sing. Literally, open your mouth. I'm not asking you to have the tune right. I'm asking you to have a vulnerable moment and singing represents that. There's nothing, there's very few things more vulnerable to people than to open their mouth and to actually sing. They're embarrassed by it. They're ashamed at times by it. And yet the God of heaven and earth loves it when you simply sing to him. You worship him. You love him. And I've already said it, but sometimes you got to sing through tears. you got to sing through great times and sing through hard times. But he is worthy. And so we begin this year, wherever we are, by singing a new song to him. The other thing that we do today is we begin a week specifically devoted for prayer and fasting. And as you walk out the doors today, the service is about to end. We have a little a prayer guide. I forgot to bring it up with me. One of you may have it with you in your hand right now. Uh, regardless, there's a, literally a, a, a guide. Thank you. That, that will be at the, the doors for you. Appreciate that. And you can participate every single day. There's a family guide online if you want to do it with your kids. Participate. You don't have to fast like every single meal. You know, for five days, if you've never fasted before, that might be a lot to bite off. No pun intended. Ayo. Okay. Thank you. I'm here all day. But maybe it's one meal. Maybe you decide to, to fast lunch for five days. And that time that you normally would spend eating, you're now reading your Bible and praying for that 30 minutes at work. Maybe you're in your car doing it. And that's how you fast. And that's the very first fast you've ever done or experienced. I want to invite you, take that unique step where you do something a little bit different to draw closer to God this year. Maybe you're fasting social media. What a fast is not is you saying, yeah, I'm just not going to go to Walmart this week. No, that's not fasting, okay? It's supposed to be sacrificial. It's supposed to be something that's in the normative rhythm of your life that you are giving this God and you're saying, you satisfy my hunger, Lord. Fill my heart in this place. So here's what you can do. You can text HPINFO to 97,000. You can experience this 
digitally, or you can grab the paper copy on the way out the door. We are also going to have a prayer call every morning, Monday through Friday, from 7.30 to 8, 30 minutes. Some of you can make that. Some of you can't because of work. But even if you're driving, put it on speaker, mute yourself. You can still participate in some way, potentially. It may not work for you, but we're making it available and we're, we're inviting you to pray and be a part of a prayer moment for 30 minutes every day, Monday through Friday. And even if you can only make one of them, make one of them. Why not? And then lastly, we're concluding our time of prayer and fasting by coming here on Friday night at seven o'clock, right here. We're gonna have a time of prayer, little mini teaching, and we're gonna pray for God to give breakthrough this year. And that's what we're doing. And we're going to break that fast. We're going to expect God to move in powerful ways. Because he can do it. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our singing. He's worthy of our trust as we literally fast and pray and seek him. Starting tonight and tomorrow. Amen. Stand to your feet.